into the online broadcast network. AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries. And your number one source for after show entertainment. Very good, Johnson. Oh, TV, the destination for TV superfans, producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows, interviewing celebrities and showrunners, and bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! As I do every week, I just want to wait for it. Feel it. Boom. This song gets me so excited every time I hear it. Every single day, I just want to wake up to this song and fight the just, world. Yeah, it's... Because we are back. After Buzz TV. Another Black Sales After Show. Episode 10, or if you're keeping track, Season 2, Episode 2. I prefer... I, I love that they're just counting. Like, it's just one through till they end the show forever and ever. I am your host, Ryan Hooks. We are here at After Buzz. Don't forget to check us out on the internet. You can get me at RyanHooks92 on the Twitter, the Instagram. Follow us on AfterBuzz TV's YouTube's SoundCloud, iTunes, subscribe, podcast. Hey guys, guess what? Also, I'm not alone this week. Woo. To my left, I have the beautiful, the talented, the lovely Lauren Salon. Hello, everybody. Look at that. We're getting, we're getting there. Next week, there'll be another one of us. We're just going to keep multiplying every week. And I would love it if Nando and Booth would just let the song play the entire show. I feel like the <laughs> energy would be off Run the charts it. in here. Because, and I, I'm glad that it's playing too. Because the only thing I want to say, and you haven't been here for this, but I'm going to tell everyone at home, I am glad that I've been right when I'm always right. Billy Bones is back. I'm so excited because I've been saying every single week that Billy Bones is not dead and he will return. He is not dead and he will return. We start the show with Billy Bones on the island. Yeah, and it's very dramatic beginning too because you don't know exactly who this guy is standing over this other guy's you don't body. Know who the body is either yeah. yeah if he's alive or kind of just hanging on by a thread there he's just chilling and i love that they have him like wrapped up in in his you know in the skin and they're torturing him yeah. by the the old method that you basically pour water on you and the sun would shrink the skin and it's basically like a tanning yeah, like process the leather like, essentially yeah he's making leather up. essentially around billy bones's body he's crushing his ribs and I, I love the potential for this because there's there's so much information that Bones has that this guy is going to want that's going to lead to all kinds of trouble mm-hmm. for these people. Um, and I, I'm i actually excited because I was reading an article and I was thinking to myself, someone's going to die. And I said last week, I think someone's going to die. Um, I, I was saying that I think Flint was also going to die. But I, I saw this article. Now they're talking about Flint and Silver in season three. Okay. So apparently I'm SOL on that prediction. Dufresne is my next choice. Yeah, especially after after this week's episode. After the you debacle know? that he put yeah. down. Do you have a thought on who might die next? Oh, man. I don't know. I would say Dufresne, but I mean, Billy potentially after some drawn out drama with this well, this he, new guy and, and he can't so here and here's why i've been arguing this and i read another article by robert levine one of these tech producers mm-hmm. and what he said and this is what i've been saying when when they build the show from square one it's we are a prequel to treasure island that's right. what they said from the very get-go if you read treasure island treasure island starts off with billy bones oh, arriving right. on land with the treasure map that leads to the gold that they are trying to get 
and all the pirates are after him because mm-hmm. he stole it all. It also then later has Captain F- Long John Silver, right? Who is posing as a cook, who's been posing as a cook since day one. <laughs> you know, so I love that there's some irony in that kind of jokingness in that aspect. Uh, when I interviewed uh, Luke Arnold, and I was joking about the characters and their survival rate. Because uh, Max was here as well, mm-hmm. and Charles Van was here also. I was like, you gotta love the fact that you have a likelihood of survival, at least, because your character is built into the, the third and fourth seasons of this show. Uh, and I just, I, I feel like they can't kill Flint yet, because our relationship's gonna develop, so mm-hmm. Dufresne's next. Mm-hmm. And Bones is gonna be around for a while. Right. Yeah. Feel free to disagree with me, but... I mean, I would, I would agree with that, but it seems like the obvious choice is the thing, mm-hmm. after what happened. But... He's just such like a kind of pansy character that I know. And I, I well, the thing that's funny that we never mentioned this on the show, um, but I got a tweet from Janice Eislin, uh, who played Dufresne in the first seven episodes and then was replaced in the later three episodes by somebody else. Uh, somebody actually did comment on our YouTube channel about it this week about like, is anyone going to mention the fact that Dufresne There's is a, a different actor, different guy? Um, you know, it's one of those things that just happens sometimes in TV for various reasons. Uh, you know, Mark Ryan was clearly replaced by getting kicked off the show. So things happen in TV that you just maybe don't talk about. Yeah. You, you don't want to be the guy that brings up the dirt on somebody that, like, gets you in trouble. Yeah, and it's just one of those things, you know, hope that people don't get too pissed off about it. And it just So Janice, hashtag bring Dufresne Brack. I'm on board with you, sir. Thank you for the tweet. He was just talking about how much he loved her after the show, and he was mad about being kicked off the show. Yeah. Or replaced her. I, I don't know. I don't know the details. I washed my hands of that because I didn't say anything and I'm not involved in any fashion. Dufresne's going to die, so you don't have to worry about anything. Perfect. Done. All right. So I want to start this episode off and I want to talk about the Max, the Rackham, and the Anne Bonnie situation. Okay. Because I feel like that was like the, the least trivial of this week's episode's information. Um, I'm really glad that they're exploring this realm because, you know, the lesbianism thing was like a big deal at first. And now they're just like mm-hmm. making it even more with, with Max and Anne Bonnie. Uh, and that, that sort of makes sense that Aunt Bonnie isn't a woman, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. I see that. She's a pretty independent and dominant type woman. Not to say that. Right. Not yeah. to stereotype. <laughs> Listen, we, <laughs> there's anything. nothing I can say that's not going to get me in trouble <laughs> yeah, right now. Seriously. So I guess I'm glad that the ruthless badass pirate also likes women because that's the most sexually appealing to a man. I, I got nothing. <laughs> I got nothing. I'm, 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 I don't know. Yeah, but she, I mean, goes both ways. Yeah, and I'm glad know. they're exploring it. Yeah. I mean, I feel like it's easier for a woman to go both ways. Because, you know, it's not hard to let a man do things to you. I don't know. Again, right. we're just we're getting into the dark stuff. Yeah, here, I know. Aren't we? Too we're soon. Crossing lines. Too soon. No, it's a podcast. I can do whatever I want. I can say whatever I want. And I'm really glad that Max and Ann Bonnie are getting, getting together. Mm-hmm. I like that aspect. And I like that Rackham is so accepting of it. Yeah, well, but they're at the end, you know, when he turns around, it does present a... Right, and they argue early good, on. You know, a good kind of business partnership there. And I think he sees the opportunity with that. He's like, okay, I'm not going to get it exactly my way in this situation because, duh, I don't want her sleeping with, you know, my lady. But sees the opportunity there and jumps on it. But then at the end, you know, when he turns around, it looks like he's like, well... I guess I, I turned the situation around a little bit, but and I we'll think see. that goes back to Rackham and his wit because he he commented on, you know, he has a wit and an ability to turn a situation into his benefit, but he mm-hmm. doesn't have anyone that will listen to him. Yeah, and Max has these leads that she doesn't have anyone to benefit. So like their partnership makes a lot of sense, 
And one of the things that I also, when I interviewed some of the people from the show, they all commented on, aside from their own characters, they loved Rackham the best. Like he, Mm -hmm. for this entire season, he was their, everyone that I talked to, he was their favorite character because of the potential for Rackham. Okay. Because he's the comic relief. Right. Obviously. I mean, everyone else has serious agendas, very endearing, very smart, very witty. So there's so much potential for him just to be off the wall, hilarious and awesome and do cool things. Mm Mm-hmm. So I'm really excited about the direction that's going, and I like this new idea of a partnership between Max and Anne Bonnie and Rackham, because I feel like together, they make something cool. Yeah, kind of a, a power trio, I guess. Yes, and Yeah, and with Max and Anne, I think it softens Anne's character a little bit, which is nice to see. And, and they said that a lot before the season two came out, that you were, we were going to learn more about the women, and especially people wanted to know more about Anne, because she... It was very quiet in the first season, mm-hmm. very much just the tough knife wielding killer and and that historically Anne Bonnie as a person was very much a ruthless right. person, was known for being ruthless and feared by men. So it's nice to maybe get a, a transitional thing in her and see how Yeah, more character depth. Yeah, absolutely. For her. I agree. I'm I'm looking forward to that. And also historically Jack Reckham was a captain. He later became a captain for a while. So, you know, him throwing out that out there was sort of like a, a nod and they do that i love that they do that in the show they just nod to little things here and there that are mm-hmm. historical references because you know they've blended this historical world with this fantasy world and it doesn't really make sense in terms of how it actually historically ends up but it makes for good television right and it's fun to be able to put those pieces together and be like maybe that is how it happened could it maybe <laughs> maybe the, the fact that charles vane and ned lowe who were both captains of the ranger are on the same island at the same time were both captains of the ranger at the same time what no i don't think that's gonna happen um so since you're new to the podcast mm-hmm. welcome thank you for joining yep. us you'll yeah, be here course, the rest of the of season we're so glad to have lauren with us um i want to see like just some initial impressions of the show oh man i it's intense i think but then like you were saying with rackham and I think also with John Silver, I like that there are those kind of lighter moments, mm-hmm. the comic relief. But I also like that it's not necessarily, there aren't necessarily good guys that stay good all the time or bad guys that are, well, the bad guys that are bad guys are pretty much They're bad clearly guys bad guys, but everyone else has an agenda. Exactly. So there's a lot of complexity with the characters. And I think the, I'm enjoying seeing how the characters are being developed and, and deepened. And, I mean, you've got a great team behind this show, you know, produced by Michael Bay. We are in for some big production yes. elements. Well, that- and they built that ship. They built right. a 50-foot clipper ship that they're using. Like, they, 50 guys spent three months building that. Mm-hmm. So. so it's it's very Im- impressive visually. And so it's a lot of fun to watch. And I'm, I'm loving it so far. It's nice. And I've said this about 100 times probably already. But it's nice when a network, like puts something behind a production value because they're they're putting the money into it. they're saying you know what mm-hmm. listen we believe in this project and we think that it's something special and here we're going to support it we renewed for season two before season one launched we renewed for season three before season two launched they're you know they're they're getting behind their product before they're even selling it right you know and i, I love that about star stars is doing a great job i see buses and billboards for black sales everywhere freaking on sunset boulevard there's this giant one <laughs> that like has the pole from the ship and the men are climbing it and they're climbing out of the building i haven't it's seen super that. cool i mean it's the same one that like the is the picture but mm-hmm. it's actually sticking off yeah the it's like, so got a like 3D it's not effect. even just like the building print so they're putting a, a lot of money and kudos to stars for that because you know, now that they're getting a couple of really good shows, I think they're going to 
be a contender. Yeah, and right. I mean, we're seeing tons of really great original programming from Outlander some of these as other... Well, um, which I also podcast for Outlander on Stars, so we're getting a lot of that. Yeah, yeah so these, it's cool to see Stars, you know, developing some of these top, you know, quality shows right, and as I, well. I like that as well, because that puts the pressure... And I find, personally, a lot of network television, in terms of like NBC, ABC, CBS, has sort of like fallen off the way. Mm-hmm. And I feel like like networks like AMC and HBO and Stars and Showtime are really like putting out awesome stuff right because they're spending the money on it yeah same definitely i mean and we know with with bay being behind something he does not do things small or low budget (laughs) so we know there's going to be money behind it unless it's answering questions at a con then in (laughs) which case do you see that video of him like freaking out when he had a a prompter in front of him and he didn't read the answers to the questions they pre-asked him i didn't and he freaked out but i'm not surprised it was kind of an awesome (laughs) all right let's get back to back sales because that's really why we're all here I'm a, I'm a tangent kind of yeah, guy. If you tangent. Catch it's okay. That. All right. So this week as well, we find that the, the, the varying things that are going on at the island uh, in Nassau here, Eleanor is still running things the way she always has run things. Uh, they have a meeting of the minds, if you will, in their cohort with the other captains. Uh, they find out that with this meeting, they didn't their, their business venture isn't as successful as they were hoping mm-hmm. it was going to be because they decided to take over her father's name and the business and keep shipping and keep selling and keep trying to make money to survive and her name is trash right yeah reputation is going down the drain and it's you know putting business in jeopardy and her i guess distributors if you will call them that are getting getting flack when they're having to drop deliveries off and bring in the cargo Correct. And the only way that they can get any kind of fear now is with the help of the name of Charles Vane. I really lo- I like the, the way that Vane has sort of taken a step back. Like, he knows he's in a position now because he controls the fort. He has men behind him who can help him do pretty much anything. They could, could kill every single person there. And I like that he's sort of stepped back and is just sort of watching and mm-hmm. waiting for the right opportunity to do something observing providing guidance absolutely and he's you know because obviously he had the relationship with eleanor in the previous what they talked about in season one right. and he is looking out for her interest so i i really want to know what happens next with Vane. what do you think well i think he and eleanor are gonna definitely hook up again well hook up again and have oh sorry about that and have a stronger business partnership as well. So I think he's going to become much more involved in that side of things because, you know, she makes a speech about how she, you know, she doesn't need rescuing essentially. And but yet clearly she's asking for help. Yeah. Yeah. She's getting a little desperate, a little nervous about how things are going. And I think he's going to step in. And my hope is that he, you know, does it in a gen- gentlemanly piratey way without having too many ulterior motives. But... I think I think that's where we're going to see. So I do have another question, but I want to wait like three minutes to ask you because I want to talk a little bit more about things that happened this episode. Because okay. uh, Mr. Meeks, who is the quartermaster for mm-hmm. Ned Lowe and their ship, comes to Eleanor again after previously talking to her. And also we see him this week talking to uh, Ned Lowe and about the things that have happened with Eleanor and the shop and all that goes down. I I really like Meeks. And it's, no. I, 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 I didn't like him the first week. I was like, eh, whatever. This guy's sort of whatever. They made me really like him mm-hmm. this week. I was like, I, know. Oh, I was so, Darn. <laughs> I was, I was, I was disappointed with how that went. That he was killed. He got killed off basically in the, the oh, shop. Yeah. His Ned comes and finds him in the tavern and he tells him that he's been talking to Eleanor. Although he doesn't tell him the fact that he talked to Eleanor about deposing him because Eleanor right, deposed right, right. his captains apparently. Uh, 
and the whole scene that goes down with them, with Meeks and Lo, and in the tavern, and basically Meeks gets his head chopped off in a very brutal fashion. Yeah, oof. In front of everybody. You know, so Eleanor, they're, they're sending a big message. And Eleanor with that. threatens Lo. Nothing happens Mm-mm. except Eleanor's man gets killed. But I, and this kind of leads back to the vein thing. They showed a very clear scene of Eleanor looking at Vane with a, a hopeless and help me sort of look. Mm-hmm. He didn't do anything at that time. But she hints to him later that he has something in his possession that Meeks told her about that she doesn't know what it is. Uh, other people don't know what it is. We know what it is. We know it's Abigail Ash, who right. they took from the ship in the very first mm-hmm. episode of the season. Uh, do you think that, and this is my question, do you think that Vane will kill Medlow? Yes. I do, actually. I agree. I think next week, Vane will kill Nedlow. Next week. I think next week. That soon. That soon. Well, I almost feel like they're going to... Yeah, he's such a good bad guy, and he's gnarly. Mm-hmm. I feel like they could push it a little bit further, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's next week. It becomes... I don't know. There's so many options with, with him and the plot lines and where they go. Because if they kill him and get Abigail... That's going to lead them to more information for things that they can pursue that are better ventures for them. Because we did hear uh, Meeks talking with Lo about the Carolinas and mm-hmm. getting gold and hints of future scores. But at the same time, you're right. He, having Lo there does make for a good villain and a good right. plotline. But at the same time, I feel like how how much can how many people can kill that would still be interesting to watch and how many times can we see these tension scenes where there's just like no resolution other than him killing somebody right. walking out yeah and we do see you know that Eleanor feels like it's just a matter of time before he makes a move on her so who knows if that move happens next week or not but definitely when that does happen I'm I'm sure we'll see him get yeah and I, I'm I'm sorry I'm team Charles Vane been there since day one Got your back, awesome. Zach. That's pretty awesome. Don't worry. I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm saying that Vane is going to go to work. I think that of they've shown in the season that he, of everyone in the show, is the go-to guy when it comes to, to cleaning up problems and taking care of business. And especially because he has, like you said earlier, been a little bit more yeah. kind of in the background Hanging and out, just observing waiting. that it's going to be hopefully a, a big moment when he, you know, comes back and kind of shows that side and, and I was thinking too this week in leading up they he talked about his crew and we only saw his crew uh, when he took the castle and it was just for a brief minute so we haven't really even got a good shot of his crew other than when we saw them on the island but we don't know who came and who didn't come uh, when he went to get this crew so we know though that this crew is clearly a crew full of the most badass people on the planet and I, I like that they're not showing us these people because it's going to be like an amazing, awesome moment when we're like, oh my God, he's got all these people and they're going to like, it's going to, and your, your mind's going to blow because you're going to be so excited. Well, about they it. have to, I mean, his crew is going to be super badass, yeah, right? I agree. Do you think that they'd bring any bigger names? Because I know ton, you know, all the actors on this show are pretty. I mean, yeah, other than Toby Stevens. You know, not huge names, which I think is really cool. I, I like that a lot. Um, a lot of them are theater. Uh, in terms of that aspect, uh, Toby Schmidt, who plays Jack Rackham, just played like Hamlet oh, wow. in, in London. And so, yeah, a lot of them have a good theater background. But, yeah, I, I love that, too, that a lot of them are really kind of unknown names. Oh, uh, Zach McGowan, too, from Charles Vane is a bigger name because he was on Shameless for a couple seasons. Right. So in that aspect, he of them is the most. But, yeah, 
I, I like that they're not using big name people, and I, I hope that they don't bring in some random big name actor yeah. for something stupid like that because that would annoy me. I think more than anything. That, that bothers me. Like when they, for example, Crossbones, which is a show that did not last. That's why Black Sails is the best pirate show. Zing. Zing. I mean, they brought in John Malkovich to play Black- Blackbeard. That to me was like, really? You did that? Okay, fine. And the same with like Captain Hook when they did the remake of Peter Pan musical recently. And they brought in okay. some random, I forget who they brought in. Oh, uh, Christopher Walken to play Captain Hook. Oh, I didn't know. That. Yeah, I know. I was so mad. <laughs> Peter Pan is like one of my favorite things and that's why I like pirates so much. And, Ruin it with Christopher Walken. Not that Christopher Walken is great, he's just not Captain Hook. It's an inter- yeah, he's an interesting Hook character. It's because they needed a name. They brought in a name because they needed a name to sell right. it. All right, back to the show. Back to our, actually, before we're tangenting, let's tangent on some other things. Uh, like I said before, this type of show, while we're here now, it's that time of the show. We got to talk about YouTube. We got to talk about yeah. the iTunes. Got to talk about the SoundCloud. Don't forget, guys, to go on and subscribe to our network. Don't forget to download our podcast. And also, more than anything, don't forget to leave us comments and send us messages on Twitter. Uh, or Instagram, or any of the above, because I personally love that. That's like one of my favorite oh, things about doing shows here. I love tweeting with people. Like I said, uh, Jan's t- tweeted me this week, and people from Black Sales tweet me. Uh, you can also check out our interview that we did at the beginning of the season uh, with Zach McGowan and Luke Arnold and uh, Jessica Parker Kennedy that talks about some of the things of season two and what to expect. Yeah, obviously they can give me like a ton of information. Yeah, but they, they give me all the secrets. They give me a little secrets. It's a good time hanging out with them. So don't forget to do all that. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and keep watching. Do it. Do it. (laughs) Keep doing it. If you stop doing it, then I don't have a job. And then where am I at? Do it. Keep doing it. All right. Let's talk about the most important meat and potatoes uh, this week uh, between Silver and Flint. Right. Yes. So we start off with the beginning of Flint's storyline. We get this voiceover and Lord Hamilton is talking about basically the beginning of the Bible. Genesis yeah, is talking about like man was made and in the image of God and blah, blah, blah. And basically talking about he couldn't do this alone. I thought he that was so funny that he's like, so, you know, the whole point is man is not supposed to do it alone. And that's why we should be partners because the Bible. That was It was <laughs> creepy and weird. And actually, as I was watching this, because there was also some comments religiously targeted with the Billy Bones scene at the very top of the show, I was wondering if they were going to implicate because a lot of times you know religion is implicated in shows at times and it is relevant to what's going on and they kind of use it to like further the show and not necessarily like hinder it but then it was totally thrown aside after the fact and i was like no never mind i don't think religion is going to play any factor in the show at all oh no he's just trying to persuade (laughs) but like sometimes that is important and like i think that's cool that they do that because it it gives an interesting like twist to what's going on like oh we're quoting the bible but we're killing somebody Yep, killing somebody, VO, while we're killing somebody, and then it's really to persuade someone to, in a business relationship. Yes, it's clearly business. But I mean, back then, religion was so, so tied you know, tied to power and... Part of the church, part of the state. Mm-hmm. Until they separated it. History lessons! Oh, I do that all the time. Uh, and Flint is basically talking about the idea, he's still not behind this idea, and I, I love where this is leading, because we're getting this little bit of backstory in Flint's, basically the reason he's at Nassau. Because if he doesn't ever go to Nassau, he never becomes Captain Flint. So mm-hmm. later on the road, something's gonna snap, and he's gonna become the pirate that he is now, but they're setting up this idea of bringing basically a colony to Nassau, where they can have farmers and they can have magistrates who are honest and trustworthy and grow food and they need clergy and boats and a governor Mm -hmm. and basically this whole concept of making Nassau a sustainable place to live and getting rid of the pirates yeah it's such a grand vision 
for it, so. I think. Well, and it's interesting, like, who cares? Honestly, like, uh, in the aspect of, oh, okay, well, they're running these pirates out of this tiny little island that's probably beautiful, and I would love, I'm glad that they have it now because I can vacation there. But at the same time, you you just discovered America. Here's this entire giant thing of land that you guys can have and colonize. <laughs> Don't mess with those tiny islands. Come Leave on. Leave the island alone. But and, and that's I think Flint's point. Like, why? Who cares? Like, you're not going to succeed. It's failed for the last fifty years that they've been trying to do this. And actually, when they hint at this, Nassau is really found in like around 1690 or something like that. Uh, and it's supposed to be 1705. So it's been about 15 years that this has been going on mm-hmm. uh, in that range, roughly. We'll call it 15 years for ease of I'm, math I'm purposes. Going, yeah. Okay, cool. I'm 15 going years. with 15 years, 15 years. I home? You. 15 years? Awesome. In the booth, 15 years? Cool. Sweet. 15 years it is. Math. Uh, <laughs> math. <laughs> that happens to the best of us. And so basically, they, it's been a problem. And I think more than anything, it's a problem of the pirates. Not so much that they care about the land, not so much they care about anything else. They want to get rid of the pirates who are stealing their stuff. Mm-hmm. Or... Do you, do you send somebody there who becomes a pirate? And this whole giant time, we find out that Flint's working for this lord. Maybe he's stealing the Ark of Gold for the lord. How about that? I like to throw random things in there just because. Yeah, I, right, anyway, I don't... Uh, he's basically saying that it's going to fail, but they're still going to continue pursuing it. But then we cut to the scene of Flint and Silver talking, you know, and basically Flint has made up his mind that he is going to try to become captain of the Man of War. Mm-hmm. That that is the only... Try. He doesn't is, even... Oh, I'm Think, sorry. Try. He's he, like he, in two he days. Will become the captain of the. I'm being captain again. Uh, and that is his only option for the things that are in his mind. And as we've learned throughout nine episodes previously, Flint is determined to do whatever it takes. And he, and I'll talk about that towards the end of this segment here, but is willing to do whatever it takes. So he tells Flint, or he tells Silver, "You better get on board because if you're not with us, then I'm sorry. There's nothing I can do to help you." So basically, he's kind of communicating and I like this little moment with him and silver where he's like, but you know what? You have time. You don't need to do this. You can get out. I, yeah. you know, yeah, he's you, kind of questioning his motives. Yeah, why? why are you, why are you coming along? But what I, are you doing? and it's interesting because silver, who's ever the opportunist, as we found out, basically is saying that, you know what? He doesn't want to be a pirate. He doesn't <laughs> like, like the I sea. Like water. He doesn't like these people. Yeah, he doesn't, <laughs> doesn't like any of this, but this at the moment for him is the best opportunity to do something. Right. He sees it as the best path to what he wants, which is a big, you know, some big win, essentially, that will grant him freedom to be able to do exactly what he wants with his life. Can Yeah, just do whatever he wants and hang out. And I I feel like it's it's been such an interesting dynamic. And like I said, they haven't really defined their full relationship. And they even said they haven't really even fully defined it in season three yet. So I love that they're kind of growing that every single week. And I always think back to early on in the season one where he's talking about the map that he had the information and Flint's like, you know, what's to stop me from killing you after you tell me the information about the map? Mm-hmm. And Silver says, you know what? I hope that by then we'll be friends. <laughs> and so like, it's that whole, to me, the whole time it's just them like, are they becoming friends? Yeah, the and budding it, bromance. It is a total bromance. And I love that they're like on the same page. And I think that together they are a very dynamic duo. Yeah, and they're and because I think they're pretty different guys. I mean, you know, Silver is the opportunist, but also kind of comedic and very clever, very scrappy, charming. But not and, a good fighter, really. But mm, eh, it's okay. He has great hair. Great hair. And, you should have seen him when he was here. It's even longer. Oh man. Anyhow, and then we've got Flint, who's like such a like Man's great man. leader. Yeah, and like you said, gonna do whatever it takes. So they're a pretty good, you know, opposite pair but make a make an impressive duo 
I like them. And actually, I, I wondered for a, a while, and this is back to the Treasure Island thing. You know, we we know later on the road in Treasure Island, the idea of Captain Flint is only a legend. He's not a character that exists in the Treasure Island world. We know that the map that has the gold that they have found and buried is was in the possession of Long John Silver, later becomes in the possession of Billy Bones because it's stolen, and they go to find it. And I wonder if at some point, does Silver kill Flint? And this, this is not a prediction for this season, or even maybe even Just the next season. Someday. At some time down the road, does Silver oh. kill Flint for the treasure? Do their, do their ideals and do their directions no longer... A line, and they're going different directions now, and this is it becomes me or you because I mean that's what we saw with Gates and right. And is Flint. it it was me or you? And you know, if if maybe Flint is threatening Silver's life in some way, and he has to you know kind of take the best take the take the first shot, I guess, against him, or if like you said, it's it's either kill him or get your yeah, you know you, yeah. kill him to get the treasure, sort of thing. Yeah, especially if he hides it and doesn't tell anyone where it's at, or you know has the treasure map that he's keeping for himself. Because yeah. even oh. even Silver doesn't know where the treasure map is in Treasure Island, or like mm-hmm. where it leads. Only Flint knew that. Yeah, I don't think they will. I like the idea of them being buddies. I like that again. They'll be buddies for at least this season, which is interesting because when I read the article, I had I had previously said I thought Flint was going to die before the season was over, that they were going to kill him off in some aspect. But now that I know he's in season three, it ruins that prediction, which is kind of good because I like him. Uh, and I like the development of him leading into the further episodes. So, I don't know. I still say that I think that that's going to happen. I think that Silver will kill Flint at some point. Or Billy Bones. Either way. Mm. That's all. Yeah. That's it. That would be all. a better, you know, revenge story. All right. It doesn't matter. So, so <laughs> Billy Bones, that's why he stole the treasure map. And that, What's going to happen in 10 years? <laughs> and, and, and actually, they speaking of that, they in the article that I was reading as well, they commented on... The reason that they brought Billy Bones back the way that they did is this is going to help explain the development of where he started from to where he becomes when they get to the Sugar Island stuff. Mm. Okay. So, because in Sugar Island, he's a little bit gruff. He's a drunk yeah. and a little bit outspoken. And, Maybe some bad stuff yeah. so, goes down with these new guys. So it leads to where he becomes. That's all I'm saying. All right. So now that we are in the situation, they need to figure out what the things that they need to do to develop and basically to get their plans in motion. Silver and Flint both have a plan. They both have a goal that they need to achieve. And Silver basically is hanging out with his good buddy, Randall, who I love. Randall is like one of those characters that you're like, oh man, how could I see the show without him? Even though he's so like <laughs> insignificant to the yeah. plot line. Uh, Randall and his cat too. I just can't get that oh, out man. of my brain. Um, and he knows things he tells silver things because i think randall has figured out that silver kind of controls his fate and he said that in the yeah, episode he said you know that. that he he realized how closely our fates are aligned because the reason that he's even on the ship is because silver vouched for him and he stood up for silver and they've kind of become friends and kind of hung out in that aspect and he basically comes up with this idea to people basically will hate each other more than they hate him right and he, they'll forget about it yeah he tells that story of when he was you know and orphan and and yeah, how there was so, some oh, guy Solomon, some I, guy I that hold on it's solomon it's probably on this paper that i flipped over there uh, i don't i got nothing i can't find it but yeah but this this solomon kid Hill. with them that you know was just awful and you would he'd be the clear choice to make fun of and yet 
nobody made fun of him Good. because he reminded everybody about all the other crap that was going on with all e- of them. So they hated day, each other more. Every day he gave a daily announcement. Mm-hmm. Solomon Little was his name, by the way, the boy from the home. Uh, and he reminded everyone how much they dislike each other. So this is his plot. He sets out to this idea of making everyone else hate each other more mm-hmm. than they hate him. He starts saying announcements about, you know, a man was sleeping in the watch. Another man stole his gold. He gets punched and knocked out. Yeah. Makes several more announcements. Then makes an announcement of a man pooping off the edge pooping, of the, the Wiping it nest. with his hand. <laughs> I love it. I love that he smacked him and then he wipes his hand. Yeah, his I was like, like, with the hand. He's going to do it with that hand. That's That was, to me, the highlight. Why, why he's on the ground and he talks about another guy sleeping with a dairy goat. And, like, that was the moment. Like, I loved when the other guy punched him in the face and he's like... And I was like, wait, the goat, that's crossing a line, buddy. And, and then the- <laughs> there was this, like, this I did it moment. Yeah. I, I, I felt oh. I, I felt that a couple times this episode. There was the I did it moment where, ah, I've succeeded. I've reminded you how much you hate each other more than you hate me. Mm-hmm. I'm still going to be here, and I've just secured my spot on the crew. I like that. Yeah. And we see, I mean, again, back with the relationship with Silver and Flint, you know, Flint, like, starts to respect him a bit more. And that he's like, okay, this weird little guy, maybe he's, he's on to something. He is with a little this. scrappy, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. There it is. There, he's, he's doing all right. And then we also see then the same plot mind rolling with Flint where he goes and tells Dufresne, you know, he's like, listen, you know, I wanted you to be on my crew from the start. Mm. Maybe not him, but Dufresne. Yeah. Cause it's a different <laughs> Dufresne. Uh, and, and any Dufresne, and, take your pick. And Gates actually said that he didn't want him. So he stood up for, for him and basically got him on the crew and now he's proven all these great things. He was a quartermaster and now he's a captain and, you know, he did so well for them. And he, he is basically convincing him to listen to what Flynn has to say. Basically, I'll give you counsel the way that Gates mm-hmm. gave me counsel and the way that you need a friend right now to help you. And he gives him this bit of advice, which I thought was brilliant because now he's <sighs> putting a bug in his ear, basically yeah. telling them, whatever you do, don't turn east down the coast because it's a shipping lane from Kingston and you're going to see a ship and the men are going to want to take the ship and you're going to fail. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're not ready. They need to go back, rest a little, get prepared before they start, you know, yeah, cause stealing they, they, ships. Yeah, because they need more people, too. That ship that they have is huge. Yeah. I mean, that, they probably had 100 people on that ship when it was running at full capacity. Yeah, and not enough numbers at this point to man it and take over others. And, of course, what does he do? Exactly he what bites. he wanted him to. He bites. Uh I'm, I'm glad that he did though, and I like, I love the moment after the scene. So he decides to take the road to mm-hmm. the east to get the favorable yeah, and the fastest way to home. Like, okay, what would I, what would you tell me if I said this? And he's like, that you're such an astute sailor. That's and... like the smartest thing you could have said. Yeah. And then so they're on the this, this shipping road and they come across another ship. They come across an English ship. They have their Spanish flag up. They decide to take the ship. And mm-hmm. I, I, I love the tension throughout this entire part of the this, this episode where they're basically watching the ship and then Flint's talking about, okay, you know, this is the most crucial part. You have to raise the flag just at the right moment to let them know that you're a pirate, not, you know, somebody else. Raise the flag and he actually, I think Flint was impressed with the timing in terms of when uh, Dufresne raises the flag because mm-hmm. it worked and they raised the white flag, they surrender. Uh, and I, I like then that they're on the ship and Silver and Flint don't go on the ship with them. They're standing there just watching and like, like looking wait. on. Watch this plan unfold. When I, I like that Flint narrates it too, because like it gives you the insight to what what's well, you, going on. Yeah, Attention. and you know there's something more with that. It's such an ominous, you know, knowing the right time to raise the sail and put your warning out there, and you know it's it's more than just that moment that he's talking about. Yep. He's talking about you know the his whole moves. process. And Flint's been around the block, so he definitely knows what to do. And you could tell throughout this entire next couple scenes that he was very much in command of his emotions 
that Dufresne was not. That mm-hmm. he didn't fear what was going to happen. He knew what needed to be done. You know, and they're on the ship and the captain of the other ship after surrendering, you could see, and they, like they're narrating his thoughts. Like you can see him just unfolding the fact that did he make a mistake? Is he something that he was afraid of that he really shouldn't be afraid of? You know, and the, the, the flag itself is actually, you know, each pirate had their own specific flag. So they knew that flag belonged to Captain Flint. Yeah. And that's why he asked, are you him? I are know. you Flint? I loved that moment. And you can see on Dufresne's face, he's like, no, like, you know, yeah, trying to make a, his I own, honestly, make a name for himself. I would have said yes. At that moment, I, I would have turned around and said, I'm Captain Flint, cross me and I'll kill you. Like something, yeah. something to, to strike fear in the other captain's heart because he could tell he was turning and the crew was turning and then it all goes to crap. So this is Flint's moment. No one's doing anything. DeGroote and DeFran are just scrambling, you know, and, uh, they're all, and Logan's like, what should we do? Where are we going? And they finally, Flint starts giving commands. Mm-hmm. Hesitant, the people immediately start listening just because they're used to listening to Flint give commands. And they sh- they sink the other ship. They don't get any cargo, but people get killed. Lots yeah, he of says, people. you know, you have to send a message here. You have to sink the ship because if anybody survi- any, yeah, anyone survives survive. from it, then they're going to talk about how embarrassing this was for you. So, you know, yeah, the flag will be worthless. Basically, mm-hmm. Flint's flag is no longer good to anyone because no one's afraid of it. The reputation of fear is gone. And that's an interesting thing because they, they, we've seen this three times this week in the episode. Cause Flint obviously has a reputation of fear. Vane has a reputation that they used on the shipping yards that struck fear into the men enough to pay them for the merchandise. Lowe is making a huge reputation and he was insane. famously known for being such a ruthless pirate yeah. in his short career as a pirate. Uh, so the reputation is, it's so interesting that even in a time where there's not social media and there's not like people still know they're like they're, the information yeah. the word is getting out about these guys and their name even in the Carolinas and even in England and even around the world of people sailing their name means something mm-hmm. don't mess with them don't mess with bottom line Flint and I, I like how they kind of ended this episode with Flint and Dufresne talking and he was thinking about the fact that you told me this thinking and knowing that I would do it and how could a person have have, be so cold-hearted essentially how could they have such malice and and hatred of people to be able to do that to somebody that's flint flint is such a great character he is because you like him a lot but he's doing these kind of shitty things a lot of the time well and he's proven time and time again he doesn't care who he steps on to get to what he wants Mm -hmm. his goal is the gold from the arcadolino which is on the beach whatever it takes for him to get there and get that gold is what he basically is not coming back without the gold right he can't. But I think they do such a good job with his character because you still you still really okay. like him and you're rooting for him. I agree. And I like the, basically the end of the episode with the great moment where he puts his captain's coat back oh, on. Yeah, that was awesome. And Dufresne's like, congratulations, captain. I know. He's so defeated in that moment. Oh, I just feel he's... I just think he's such a kind of pathetic character. And he kind of has always been. Yeah. In the early part of the season when he has his first couple fight scenes and now he's you know grown a little bit but that and that's part of the reason i see that it's possible to kill him off because mm-hmm. he's had this rise and fall already in the, the 10 episodes that he's been in and that's what i'm saying so i want to know who is your favorite character in the show since you were just joining us oh, okay uh i i mean i like silver a lot he's fun light-hearted Can't crafty great hair the great hair the great curly hair uh I like Max, too. I think she has a lot more... You know, she's more very resourceful. Yeah. 
And I think we'll see her having a pretty integral role in things I moving forward. The, again, the partnership with her and Rackham, I think, is so huge for Max because she mm-hmm. is very resourceful. And I think Rackham is even more resourceful. So I think he's going to teach her things that are going to really enhance her and her ability to survive. Yeah. And I feel like as a character who's not really in the major plot lines, I see her lasting longer than most of the other ones. Yeah. So in terms of the success and survival rate, she's on the top of my list. Uh, I think that... You? I love everybody. I don't, I'm a host. I don't have to answer those questions. I ask <laughs> questions. You answer questions. That's what we do here at AfterBuzz TV. But one thing we also like to do at AfterBuzz TV is we like to do predictions at the end of every show and talk about what we think is going to happen next. And I better get some flashy lights. There they are. And now, you're After Buzz TV. It's like a ghost is in here. The ghost of Long John Silver. <laughs> no, Long John Silver is going to survive for a long time. He's going to be in season four and five. All right, so we got a little bit of a preview of next week and how it's going to get thick, as we saw. What do you think is going to happen next week? I think there's going to be a low Eleanor kind of throw down. I told you, big... my prediction is I think Charles Vane is going to kill Ned Lowe. Yeah. So I think I think that's going to be a big thing next week. Or happens. if he doesn't kill him, they're going to find out about Abigail Ash, and that's going to be yeah. a, a driving force for three more episodes of someone and everyone trying to get her. Right. That's. I think that's the big moment. I mean, we're obviously going to see Flint reclaim control of his ship and how right. that goes. Do you think that he immediately turns around and heads back to get the Urk Gold, or where does he go to get a crew? Because he can't go back to Nassau, can he? I don't know. I, you know, I think, I don't know if he would turn around immediately and go back. I think he's got to. They don't, they don't have the manpower right now. No. Take the, even though the ship is on the ocean, but they're also on a time frame. They have to get there before their golden ship is picked up, which maybe has already happened. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there becomes a hunt then to try to find the ship that has the gold. You know, or maybe that's what Ned Lowe was talking about as well with the Carolinas, that that's where the ship is headed and they're going to try to get okay. it once it lands so in gonna, Carolina. Yeah. So maybe the information that Abigail Ash has is about the ship that ends up in Carolina. I mean, there's lots of thoughts. Yeah. My brain is always reeling with thoughts. But guys, thank you so much for tuning into our AfterBuzz TV Black Sales After Show here at AfterBuzz TV. We appreciate mm-hmm. you guys. Like I said before, don't forget to go onto our iTunes, our YouTube, our SoundCloud, subscribe, rate us, comment. Tell me what you think. Before we go, Lawrence Lawn, thanks for joining us. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Tell me where they can find out more about you. You can find me at Lauren Salon. That's L-A-U-R-E-N-S-A-L-A-U-N. Everywhere on social media. L-A-U-N. S-A-L-A-U-N. Not like a salon. Sounds like hair salon, not spelled that way. Nope. And as always, you can find me at RyanHooks92 on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat. Guys, thanks for joining us. Next week, we will have Alexis Torst back on the booth. We will have a three-man, three-woman Three nice looking people, podcast for you to enjoy. We will see you next week. Thanks, Nando, in the booth. From executive producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire Afterbuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the Afterbuzz TV Network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterbuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz, Buzz you later. later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.